This is a HeadGum Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Magic Spoon. Uh, so I got a box of four different Magic Spoon cereals in the mail this week. Cocoa, Fruity, Frosted, and Blueberry. And it was uh, the highlight of my week. When I was a child, I was only allowed to eat nice cereal on the weekends because in those days they hadn't figured out how to make cereal both nice and healthy yet. Uh, so the past few days I've been able to defy my parents and delight my child at the same time just by eating Magic Spoon's amazing frosted flavor, which reminds me of the only two days out of every week that I was ever truly happy as a boy. Um, now, it doesn't say this in the copy here, uh, which is honestly a little bit irresponsible, um, but in the interest of safety, I do want to just kind of spell out for everyone uh, that you shouldn't just open every box you come across just because sometimes there's nice cereal inside. Uh, for instance, the Lament configuration is also a box you can find. Uh, based on the very few Hellraiser movies I've seen, sometimes you have to spend a lifetime looking for it, but sometimes it's just hidden in the floorboards of your attic. And if you carelessly open that box, you will be introduced to a world of pleasure and pain beyond anything the human mind can imagine. Um, so I want to be really clear here. If you're certain that what you have is a magic spoon delivery box, do open that. It tastes amazing, it's keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, low-carb, and GMO-free. Uh, but if you think there's any chance at all that the box you have might be the Lament configuration from Hellraiser, don't open that. It doesn't taste like anything, and usually Pinhead and an army of ill-begotten abominations called Cenobites will come out of it and pull you into a labyrinthine dimension of torment and agony. Go to magicspoon.com slash babysitters to grab a variety pack and try it today. And be sure to use our promo code babysitters at checkout to get free shipping. Magic Spoon is so confident in their product that it's backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they'll refund your money. No questions asked. That's magicspoon.com slash babysitters and use the code babysitters for free shipping. Uh, we want to thank Magic Spoon for sponsoring the podcast. And again, just so it's absolutely crystal clear, delicious boxes of breakfast food that will take you back to your childhood. Yes. Diabolical puzzle boxes that will open a portal to an army of extra-dimensional beings who will mercilessly flay your flesh. No. Be safe out there. In 86, Anna Martin wrote the first book of what became a cult. Sitters Club Mystery. <laughs> Here we are. You're in a good mood. Uh, You're in a good mood. Um, I'm a, I'm in a in a frantic mood. I'm all it's over because the you're place. you're you've got too much freedom right now. I got too much freedom. Your arms are all out. Mm-hmm. Because you're wearing a tank. Yeah, I'm wearing a tank. It looks like a, in fact, I know it to be a converted t-shirt. Yeah. Because I remember when you bought the t-shirt. And it says Beastmaster on it. Beastmaster. Yeah. So you're, I think you're, that's what you're feeling. You're feeling the cosmos mm-hmm. penetrating a larger majority of your body. Yes. 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 And and I assume you're in George's. Um, I'm in what I call my pajama George. Okay. Um, which I'm is... actually um, weirdly familiar. Oh yeah. Okay. Yep. So yeah. I used to come to your house mm-hmm. every Thursday night to record. Mm-hmm. It's like the jorts that are like so torn up that they like 
They feel like pajamas. Yeah. Yeah, casual jorts. Casual jorts. Uh, and that's why you're feeling so exposed. It's why you're feeling so loosey-goosey. It's yep. why you're feeling so wet, wild, wacky. It is also wavely. 105 degrees today. And the boy and I just went for a pretty lengthy walk outside. Okay. Well, how's your boy? Boy is well. Good. What's new? Nothing, man. He's a fucking baby. It's just like he's a baby. He we've can't worked do anything on, new. We've, we started working on his um, potato lifters. What's that? We're doing nonstop nanny interviews because uh, when you live in New York City, the only way to care for a child is to hire someone literally full time to come to your home and watch your baby. Yeah. And it's an insane amount of money that I've never thought I would spend on anything in my life. Mm-hmm. And then, like me and my wife, who are average people, it just have to somehow find this money to pay for a, uh, someone to come into our house and watch our baby every day. I think you and your wife are exceptional people. And the people that we've... So the way you do it when mm-hmm. you live in New York City is you find another couple who's about the same... Height? Level of poverty, I mm-hmm. guess, th- as you. Mm-hmm. And you say, let's go in on this together. Oh, yeah. And we found a couple, and they have a baby who's a month older than Miles. Mm-hmm. And she can, like, essentially stand. Oh, yeah. She needs support, obviously, but, like, she's really good at standing. So I felt threatened by this, and I've been training Miles since we met this young woman. Mm -hmm. And getting what we call, we call him his potato lifters. Okay. Because he is, the visage he has taken on Mm -hmm. recently is not unlike a potato. Right. He looks like a potato. He's kind of got like a a roundness to him and kind of like a pudginess to him that is reminiscent of a potato. Right. Making his legs potato lifters. Mm, that makes sense. So we do like 20 reps of 10 every day of potato lifting. That's good. Because you don't want to get try to get his shown up by this other child. His neck, it's like mm-hmm. fucking bridge cables. Okay. Yeah. You haven't seen a more swole neck on a three month old in your life. We did a nanny share, but the other people in our nanny share fired us. <laughs> Why? What did you do? Um, she thought that while she liked us very much, I'm trying to get the exact quote, she felt that we had different priorities in terms of raising our children. Okay. And what what was that? Did she get specifics? <laughs> no. I don't know what the fuck that is. He was like eight, eight months old. Like, what the fuck? What, it, My priority was that somebody fucking look after him. <laughs> on what things did you guys disagree I don't know. I don't know. Oh, I think she, good. there's like a lot of, you'll probably get into this. There's a lot of like sick blaming that happens amongst parents. Well, Miles is currently sick. So I've actually missed all the nanny interviews because I've yeah. been at home taking care of the boy. Yeah. There's a um, lot of that. There's a lot of like who's sick and who isn't. There's a lot of politics around who's sick. I think like the thing is everyone's always sick when yeah. you're that age. Yeah, exactly. What do you want me to do? And Jamie and Miles, they're like fucking vectors. Like, yeah. No. If, Children the government, are... if whoever comes to the U.S. looking for who caused the big one, yeah, it's I'm Jamie point and right Miles. To Jamie and Miles. Don't look like, at me. These two are always fucking like, sick. Yeah, I got it too, but I, <laughs> I didn't start it. I got it from yeah. this fucking pair. Yeah. Right. That makes sense. This has been Dead Talk. I like saying it together. Yeah. Um. And, but that's not why we're here. Uh, increasingly, it is. <laughs> that's true. Um, hi, hi. And why? Why? Ooh. And welcome 
to the Babysitter's Club. 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 Mystery. Club. Club. I'm Jack Shepard. My name is Tanner Greenring. And the reason that we are here is the same reason that we are here every week, which is to discuss a great mystery in the great mystery cycle by the great mystery herself and Mystery Martin. And the great mystery that we are discussing this week is the great mystery known as Babysitter's Club Mystery number 29, Stacy and the Fashion Victim. Not since Mm. I gave birth to my beautiful baby boy. Mm. Have we been on a death march? <laughs> quite, quite like the one. The likes of on. which we are on right now. Yeah, yeah. And we are on the near. We're on the penultimate record. Yeah. Of a four a week, four episodes a week, two week run of recording for the last two weeks. It's I see the finish line and it's feeling good. It's a lot. I read three Babysitters Club or Babysitters Club adjacent books today. Right. We're both going on vacation. Yeah. Yeah. So we got I'm going for a week and you're going for two weeks and it just made sense to just bang out a bunch of episodes before yeah. we left. Yeah. It's a lot. It's good that I like these books and I genuinely yeah. like the material right. because if I didn't, it would be hellish. Right. It would be truly hellish. No, it's fun. I like it. And it, it also sort of like lends a, a loopiness. Yeah. We're also recording a little bit later than usual tonight. Mm-hmm. I'm alone in the co-working space. Uh, last time that happened, you got haunted. Yeah. Well, I'm alone in terms of like organic, sentient, living human right. beings. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's important to clarify that. Right. But anything could happen tonight. You're corporeally alone. I am a corporeally alone. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And you? Um, I am. Well, uh, no, I've got, I've got a couple, a few bodies inhabiting this house. There's a body of my. I just a weird way to open uh, describing someone. That my wife is here, my child is here, and my two body of your wife, the body of your child. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and my and body of work. Body. Yeah, and your body of work. Yeah, which is my my creativity writ right. large. Uh, my corpus. Um, what we do is that we talk about these books. This week we read a book called Stacy and the Fashion Victim. It was fine. It was good. It yeah. was fun. We had fun. It was it was a root and tootin' hoedown of a mystery. Yeah. It was a root and tootin' hoedown of a mystery. That is a technical term, and I think it's actually it was written in the blurb on the back of this book. Root and tootin' yeah. hoedown of a mystery by Alan Miles. She really... It was just like it was like a mystery. It was like, hey. Yeah. Who did who done this one? Shit is happening. Yeah. We need to figure out who did it. Who done it? Who done it? Yeah. Who's the fashion and victim? Who's the fashion victim and who's the fashion perpetrator? Perpetrator. Yeah. And that's what we're going to dig into today. We're going to talk about fashion perps and the oft-neglected victims of fashion crimes this week. Speaking of victims of fashion crimes, mm. how are those guns feeling? What? Breezy, huh? These guns, these guns are fine. I have a question about the shirt that you've clearly altered from a t-shirt into a tank top. Okay. Did you sew? You've you've widened the neck. You got to widen the neck when you make it. Otherwise, if you keep the like neck part, it looks really stupid. I've learned this right. the hard way. You've widened the neck and you've yeah. brought in the sh- the arms to be yeah. tank. Yes, mm. but it looks as though it's been folded over and sewn into like a neat brim is that the case or did you just cut it no i just cut it oh okay yeah wow what a remarkable cut thank you you're like uh, you're like a craftsman. you're yeah. like um you're like uh daniel day lewis in um lincoln no last <laughs> the of the mohicans no <laughs> uh, 
The one where he's a fashion guy? <laughs> I think that's Lincoln. He wears that big hat. <laughs> um... <laughs> I think no, you're right. I'm thinking of Lincoln. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's got a very like stylish, large hat. Yeah, you know no. For I'm a second, about? I thought like, I was thinking of the Phantom Thread, but yeah, no, I was thinking of Lincoln. It's Lincoln. Yeah, and yeah. I am like that, and I am a fashion perpetrator and not a fashion victim. Right. Um, thank you for saying so. <laughs> do you want to? Should we describe the novel? Do you think? Yes. Um, so this week it has fallen to me to to be the first the first among us to to go over the top and do battle against this novel mm. to face our enemy i mm. am the i am the cannon fodder that we have chosen this week to walk blindly into the fire of the our enemy part. you get the easy part this week to take the bullet so that those behind me you just have to look up a fucking movie live. synopsis on rotten tomatoes no. i'm the one who have to actually like <laughs> go through and like Describe the contents of the book. I no, I wrote this myself, <laughs> and I'm gonna read it now. Are you Go, ready? Fine, yeah, I'm okay. ready. I, this I, is, you really wrote this yourself? Yes, and this is what happened in this book. And you're okay. gonna feel like an asshole when you hear it because I did right. write it. Okay, are you ready? Yes. <sighs> okay. Propelled to the top of the fashion world by a photogenic gaze she calls Blue Steel. Dimwitted teen model Stacy McGill thinks she's got a first consecutive win as princess of Bel Air's department stores in the bag. But when her rival, Harmony, unexpectedly takes the crown, Stacy is crushed. She becomes easy prey for fashion impresario Mrs. Maslin, who signs Stacy to star in her Bel Air's Fashion Week show, then brainwashes her to kill Malaysia's prime minister. Mm-hmm. Babysitter's Club Mystery number 29, Stacy and the Fashion Victim. And I think the fashion victim in this one is Malaysia's prime minister. minister. Yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. that sounds familiar yeah because you just read this one you read, read it yesterday book. and then you read a yesterday. couple of little sisters and then i have today. read a couple of little sisters in preparation for tomorrow's, tomorrow's record but yeah. maybe that's why it's getting a little mixed up in your mind i'm just a little foggy yeah on some of the details but it does sound yeah mrs maslin right mrs. harmony Stacey, and it's all about like modeling yeah yeah okay could have done the phantom thread uh i could have done did you see the movie Drop Dead Gorgeous? I saw the movie Drop Dead Fred. Okay, and that's what I meant. And I have seen that one. Yeah. And you could have done that one. He's like this girl's imaginary friend. Yep. Yeah. It came out in like ninety. Kind of like a weird pervert five. Yeah, I yeah. think so. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's the type of movie they don't really make anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was just like this one off. I don't know why we all saw it. Everyone had to see it. We all saw it. Yeah. Why are you talking about it? It stuck with uh, me that movie. I remember watching it. It's a real. We- it's like kind of sad, maybe. Yeah, it she is has sad to take like, like she's she she's take getting to the age where like she's pills maybe, or something that like make right, him die, him, make him go away. Right, right, right. Yeah, but he is a little bit of a pervert, if I remember. Like, yeah, he, like looks at girls' underwear or something. Like that. <laughs> I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Brutal. I'm gonna look up. I'm gonna look up Drop Dead Fred. And was he dead? Was he dead? He's her imaginary friend. I think. Why is he called Drop Dead Fred? I think that's what his name is, but it's also what they want him to do, because he, he's like f- 
fucking with this girl's brain. Oh, it's wait. And once you've looked it up, will you say why you wanted us to talk about it or or not or not at all? Um, well, I because you it, like his so fashion sense. You I think he's sequel. a fashion perpetrator. I saw a sequel to Drop Dead Fred called Drop Dead Gorgeous. Oh, I, I haven't seen that one. Yeah, which is a movie about like yes. Drop, so I did a search for Drop Dead Fred. Yeah, and the first result is Drop Dead Fred funny scene, and I click it, and it's a YouTube video of him calling Phoebe Cates' mom a bitch. Okay, that's... and then he's looking. She she goes to the bathroom, and he's looking at her underpants. Oh, okay. As she's um, using the restroom, it's. Uh, oh, I was gonna say, ninety one percent like this movie of Google users, and I was like, oh, but it's nine percent on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> <laughs> so that tells you something about Google users versus the rest of the population. I think. <laughs> Um, well, I don't know why all of us saw that movie. Anyway, yeah. Drop Dead Gorgeous is a movie about beauty pageants, and it takes place in a fictional town either called Montrose, Minnesota, or Rosemont, Minnesota. Okay. I can't remember which, but it, there is an actual town called Rosemont, Minnesota, or Montrose, Minnesota, which is right near where I grew up. Okay, great. Thanks for bringing that up. And and Rick Mayall reprises his role as Drop Dead Fred in yep, it. And he's yeah. in it, yeah. Yeah, it's just kind of looking at, at the fashion people's underpants. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That sounds great. You've seen it. I haven't seen it. I just was guessing. Uh, okay. Yep. Uh, based on based on having seen the the um, the original. What is Rick Mile up to? Okay. No. That's. I think Nothing. that's probably what I think we've done a thing that sometimes we do, which is one step, one degree of Kevin Bacon too far for my. He's taste been in a lot of stuff from the novel. And that, Drop Dead what, Fred, but that's where you're at. It's talking about Rick Mayall it. now. It's it's just one step too far from the novel, and we're gonna bring us back. And the way I'm gonna bring us back is by reaching into a pocket of time and undoing the fabric of the universe itself. And uh, in layman's terms, it's called putting sixty seconds on this mysterious clock that I happen to have handy. Okay. And during those sixty seconds, I would like for you to describe every single thing that happens in this Am novel. I ready to Are do you this? ready? Are you ready? Do you need a moment to collect yourself? I am taking a moment to meditate. Okay. I am attempting to, and I think maybe successfully attempting to, uh, just give me a second. Yes, I'm opening my third eye. Okay. That can be dangerous, but I know. effective when I've got a and mysterious I'm clock going at the same time. Gazing into the beautiful, brilliant white light mm-hmm. that is the clock. Mm-hmm. Mysterious clock. It helps if you realize. Okay, and I said something, and and Siri, Siri's trying to pull me back. Okay, don't listen to Siri. Siri is trying to pull me back in reality. Don't reach for but... Siri. Try to realize, in a way that your whole body feels it, that there right. is no time, and that time is a construct. Do you get it? Oh, don't cry. Try not to cry. Can you see that? I'm ready. Okay. All right. I'm going to start this mysterious clock in five, four. Okay, so Stacy is um, at Bel Air's for daughter back to school, daughter, uh, bring your daughter to work day. And a talent scout spots her and says, hey, you should be a model for Bel Air's catalog and do it now. And she says, yes, I'll do it. And she gets paid. And she goes and Koki is there and a bunch of model girls who are like pros in the industry. And uh, one girl named Harmony Sky uh, has a bout of poisoning. She's drinking some tea and she gets poisoned. And 
that's the, and a mystery is afoot. So Stacy decides to try to solve the mystery, and then someone keeps writing on the mirror in lipstick, saying like, "You're all gonna die, models." And there's a boy called something Sinclair, and he's the guy. He's Bel Air, and he's the guy's son. And there's a prissy model who no one likes, and Koki is there, and crimes keep happening. And it turns out it was Harmony all along because she wants to stop modeling. And time, perfect, perfect, a perfect description. You nailed it right at the end. You brought it home. My yes, God. And I, you're like Simone Biles up there. It, uh, I wasn't sure whether you were going to stick that landing, and then boom! Yeah. Whew. When you see the vast expanse of the universe or your third yeah. eye, everything kind of snaps into focus in a way that no mood-enhancing drug could ever right. help. It's very powerful. Um, great job. I love that. Uh, somebody's poisoning those models out there. They're get poisoning the models. Someone is poisoning the models. Yeah. I had a guess on who it was poisoning the models. Oh, yeah, and we have a segment for this. Oh, okay. Don't we? Um, yeah. Okay. One sec. Just a sec, though. Dude, you're just trying to see if Liz came with you? or Okay. It's probably more important to see if Liz came with you to the co-working space than to look up a sublime song. I've kind of run out of sublime songs. If only it would have been fine to either not do one or... Just do the same one every time. If only that could have been okay. Or th- if it was something that you prepared, maybe. Okay, I got okay. one. <laughs> Great. It's, uh, it's, it's, Liz, <laughs> can you step in here, please? Yes. Can you do the um, mystery song? Thank you. You're guessing the mystery. A mystery pressed between my lips, but I'm staring at his guess that it was the wrong one. Strong if I can, but I am only a man, so I take another guess. It's the wrong one. And that's pretty good, right? That was great. Yeah, it was dirty song. It. I'm, dirty I'm song. realizing now as I look at the. I think Liz gets upset that she comes all the way over to your co-working space, and every time you just ask her to play the one hit. <laughs> and then I like show her up by doing another like yeah off the cuff elegant and flawless sublime yeah. <laughs> um, this is a segment where we say what we thought the solution to the mystery was going to be after chapter five and this was a hard one. Oh boy was it a hard one I think it was the hardest one ever I like I had this real sinking feeling as I got to the end oh I'll tell you my sinking feeling Ellen Ellen fucked me on this Okay, and take me on a journey. I don't want to take you on a journey. <laughs> you hate the journeys. <laughs> like the journey. I Ellen screwed me so bad. Chapter one through four, I was like, I have no idea what this take is. Take me be. on a journey. Practice your improv skills. <laughs> I don't want it. I don't. Wh- <laughs> Do it. Practice your improv skills. Okay. This is enriching. Uh, Ellen and I were riding on a beautiful unicorn. Okay. Um, across a moonless plane. Okay. And dark or light? Uh, Probably dark if it's moon. It's dark but like shimmery. Okay. It's like you know that Nyan Cat video. Yep. It's that. Okay. But we're it's but beautiful. Okay. We're riding on a unicorn together. Yep. And uh, she's singing to me into my oh, ear. Beautiful, like a beautiful song. That sounds lovely. And. Uh, for the first four chapters of this book. Mm-hmm. And as 
we can't, we're cantering on the unicorn. And uh, that's like a slow sort of like trot, right? Yeah, and she pull, and then she pulls um, from behind her back. She pulls this like beautiful silver goblet. Oh wow! And it's and she and inside it is what seems like the essence of a rainbow. Right. And she hands it to me to drink, and she says, and I all I can hear is her the most beautiful music of her voice, and the and the clip clop clip clop of the unicorn, which is the most beautiful animal I've ever seen on this moonless planet. She hands me the goblet in chapter five, and she says, "Drink up this." And it's sort of like entwined into the words of the song, right? Yes. Yeah. 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 It's, it sounds like I can't mimic it now, but it sounds right. like a melody, like the most beautiful melody I've ever heard. Like a thousand angelic voices. It's like this is what Bach heard and tried to transcribe, but couldn't get couldn't get it. Right. Um, drink of this, and you will understand. You will know. And it's all I want in that moment is to drink from that goblet. Yeah, and I take it to my lips, and I take a sip, and it something's wrong. Something's fucking wrong. Okay. And it tastes like tastes like vomit. Okay. And I turn around, and it's not Ellen. It's the it's it is Ellen, but it's the devil. Okay, and she's like sort of she's turning into like this corpse. Yeah, D- just rotten. like rotten and ancient. Evil. Right. Yeah. And um, and she bites my head off, and then the unicorn dies. <laughs> Right, and she bites the unicorn's head off too. She did, but yeah, that's how it died. And that's how it died. Yeah, and it's then it's the darkness is actually scary. You took me there, man. And that is what happened. That's actually did literally happen, right? Because I don't do, I don't have any improv skills, so I could only draw on something that just happened to me yesterday. (laughs) (laughs) Uh What was your guess? (laughs) Well. But so I was like, I guess the thing is going to be that this guy, Roger Belair, who is the son of the department store owner, right, did it because he's still in love with this girl, Cynthia, who's one right. of the models. And then right at the end of chapter five, Ellen, who fucking was like leading me down this garden path all the time, was like, like Marianne is like, I guess maybe, what if it's Roger Belair because he's still in love with Cynthia? And then like Stacy's like, no, it can't be that. Right. And I was like, now I've got nothing. Now I have nothing. And that's the thing about these books because like once they reveal like a MacGuffin, you know that it's not going to be that. No, exactly. Ellen does this thing where she's like, it could be this or this or this. And it's like, okay, well now I know it's not going to be any of those three things. But now I'm stuck fucking holding the bag here because there's like, there's now I've got nothing. I had at least something that was going to be honorable. Yeah. I had the opposite problem. Yeah. My guesses lately have been a little, like, anemic. Yeah. And I've been, as you said recently, begging the question where I'll just sort of say, like, the mystery was that there was a mystery. Right. And it gets solved. Yeah. You know? And it's like, I don't take, I don't put myself out there. Yeah. So this time I said, all right, I'm going to guess what this fucking mystery is. Yeah. And here was my guess. All right. Okay. And I did a deep read. Yeah. And I was like, here's my fucking guess. I think Harmony probably will end up having an eating disorder that's making her weak. The mom will think that they're being sabotaged and go full Voorhees on all the other girls. When it comes to a head, she'll learn about her daughter's eating disorder for the first time and have a heart to heart. That is a good guess. Right? That is a great guess and maybe would have been a better mystery. You know, the the theme song of this bit 
this segment mm. yeah. has really taken on new meaning because it's not like we're guessing the solution to the mystery. Lately, it's that we're literally guessing what the mystery might be. Right. We didn't even know what it, the mystery was going to be. Right. The mystery was that somebody's poisoning models and the person is Harmony who poisoned herself and did all of the other sabotage because she wanted her overbearing mom to stop making her be a model, which she didn't want to be. Right. And then there's this guy called Julio who's like a red herring. There's a guy He's called Julio. There's Claudia's a guy called Dylan Trueheart who's one of the top agents in yeah, modeling. sounds like a deep voice boy. You think I would? Yeah, it does, doesn't it? <laughs> Actually, um, mm-hmm. ring, ring. Is it this phone? I think your phone's ringing. Should we, do you want me to pause? I actually think it's on your side. You think my phone's ringing? Yes. Well, should ring, I pause? Ring. Or do you, do you want me to, sh- you know, it'd be funny is if I answer it on, like, during the recording. We have a segment for that. Do you remember the cool, like, dubstep iPhone song that I found? Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's good. called Yon's Calling. Oh, yeah. It's usually Yon. <laughs> I've been texting uh, with Jan recently because he um, he really badly wants me to beat SteamWorld Dig 2. Is the phone still ringing? It seems like ring, it's ring. <laughs> ring, ring. I guess I'll p- I'm going to pick it up and then we'll get back to this, okay? Ring, ring. Um, ring, ring. I got to get ring. I just got to get this. Um, and uh, okay. Uh, hello? Hey, it's Jack. So I'm kind of recording a podcast. So Jack. <clears throat> <clears throat> <laughs> Jack, um, Jack who? Hmm? Who is sorry? this? Who is, sorry, who is this? You're telling, who is this? Uh, you don't recognize my voice? Uh, oh, I do, but I like to, I'd like to hear you say your name in such a nice voice. It's, um, Pandora. <laughs> um, Crotch Thunder. <laughs> okay. And mm. surely you know my name, right? I'm a, Famous New York City fashion designer. Ah, yes, of course. Yes, yes. And so are you. Yes, I'm. And that's why I called you. D- Dylan Trueheart. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Dylan Trueheart. Dylan. I am Dylan. Yeah. And this is Dylan Trueheart. And yes. Sorry, Jack is my stage name. Dylan. <clears throat> baby. Um, I am down here in the sticks. Mm hmm. Connecticut. Mm. It's a little town called Stony Brook. You've never heard of it. You won't find it on any map. Mm. I'm here trying to get your fashion line, True Heart Fashions, uh-huh. in department stores down here. Uh, good luck. I mean, Bel Air's is a tough nut to crack. Well, so that's the thing. Mm. I came down here. Our guys, our sellers. Mm. You know, they would come down here all the time and they'd be like, I tell you what, we just can't get this fucking fashions in stores. And I'm like, well, let the big dog go down. Let Pandora go down and take, right. take care of things, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. So I'm down here and I go and see this this buyer, mm. Maureen. Oh, Maureen McGill? Yeah. And I'm showing her your line, Dylan. Oh, wow. And I'm like, look at this stuff. Yeah. Look at what we have here. And I showed her um the um the blazer. Oh yeah. That you did with the smoky blue knit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the like the beautiful square white buttons kind of marching down the front. Mm-hmm. And Maureen, yeah, Dylan, get this, turns to this girl. Yeah. Couldn't have been older than twelve, thirteen. Okay. Maybe her daughter. I think it was bring your daughter to work today or something. Okay. And says, what do you think of this? What? And here's what she said. 
Well, what? so here's what Maureen said. Okay. What about these, she asked, pointing to the square white buttons marching down the front of the jacket. She looked doubtful. They're a little silly, I mused. What? They look like chiclets. What? Something more elegant. Maybe gold would be a lot better. Maureen turned to the to me, <laughs> the sales rep, mm. Pandora Crotch Thunder, mm. and within a few minutes, I f- felt compelled to promise her that the jacket could be delivered with gold buttons. Okay. And then Maureen turns to this girl and says, you made the call uh, and gave her a little hug. And she said, because of you, everyone in Stony Brook will be wearing gold buttons this week. Oh, we, can't, we cannot have this. And I just wanted to relay this to you because I didn't have the spine, obviously, to stand up to this. But can this 13-year-old girl essentially showed up you, a famous New York fashion designer, and said, no, I'm, I choose something else. And so now we have to go back to the factories in... I went to, to fashion school for 15 years. I know. To figure out how to make those buttons march up and down a blazer. I know. I was your professor for a lot of that. And I do remember that. <laughs> at, fashion, at, at, at fashion school, New York fashion school. Right. I was there with you. Nifty. Uh, and to have a teen? A, a teen? teen. From some backwater city in the nowheresville. I'll tell you what, I know a couple of guys out. Is it near anywhere near Stony Brook, uh, Connecticut? It's a tiny little town in Connecticut. Well, I did say at the beginning of this, it was Stony Brook. It was Stony Brook. Yeah, it was. Okay. Well, that's perfect because I know a couple of guys who have a, a startup down there. Oh. Uh, that employs a lot of 13 year olds at the C level. Uh, wow. Yeah. Whoa. Uh, good, good buddies of mine. The Goliath, You're saying we should pivot. Mark and uh, this guy, Rich. Okay. Maybe we could get this Stacy girl out of the fashion business and into the babysitting business and off uh-huh. of our case. Uh-huh. That's what I'm thinking. Or mm. bring her on. I don't know. She's putting gold on my blazers. Did you hear what Maureen said? <laughs> Everyone's <laughs> going to be in gold. Well, and as goes Stony Brook, so goes um... <laughs> Just southwestern Connecticut. All right. Well, this has been illuminating. And seen seen it. Oh, yes. thank God. Okay. Well, it turns out that was an important call. Yeah. I'm glad I took oh, it. Oh, I'm glad you're back. Yeah. I only heard your side of it. Yeah. Did you tell that guy your name was Dylan Trueheart? <laughs> I don't think so. Okay. <laughs> that's just what I, I thought yeah. I heard that. Must have been a bad connection. Um Great, great. That's great. I'm glad that I'm glad that's what we have talked about. Um, we're getting close to time where it might be time to take a break. I think. Uh, okay, if you think so. What do you think? And then I don't care. maybe we could review the novel. Sure. Okay. Uh, goodbye. Goodbye. Best Fiends is a free-to-download, casual, mobile puzzle game with literally yep. thousands of levels that is boredom's yep. worst nightmare. And yep. uh, if you guys don't remember, Tanner and I have been engaging in a friendly competition yep. uh, between my group of fiends, uh, the Jack's, Jack's Jerks, Jumping Jerks, Jerks, Jumping Jerks, and Tanner's Tiny, tiny Ticklers. ticklers. Yep. Um, and up until now, we've had some difficulties because while I have been playing through the game at quite a clip and advancing uh, and binging on the game and advancing mm-hmm. from level 
to level uh, and enjoying more levels, events, and challenges that are added all the time. Um, Tanner, you've tended to have trouble um, getting your phone started. My phone wasn't working, but yeah. I have gotten it to work, Jack, okay. and I've, I've, I feel like I've caught up with you in Best yeah. Fiends. Um, okay, that's great to hear. And I'm really I'm, I'm here to engage with you on it and, and talk about kind of our experiences playing the game. I do love the game. I just had a lot of phone troubles up until now. Okay, well, I'm glad but you're now back. But now I'm, I'm embracing it. I'm playing it. I'm having so much fun with it. I love it. Okay, well, I'll start. Uh, so one of my experiences playing the game that I really enjoy is um, I really like picking which fiends to use and oh, upgrading them that. and c- building a crack team as I go through the levels. My favorite is Mordecai. Okay, that's not one. It's my favorite fiend. What level are you on, Jack? I am somewhere in the 40s. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And yourself? Seven D thousand. Well, okay, that's a lot. They do have thousands of levels, uh, and they do have updates 000. all the time, so you can keep At playing as much 000. as you want. Yes. So yep. that's what level I'm on, and I am having a fun with it. It's me. It's Mordecai. Yeah. It's um, okay. That's not one of them. Well, maybe it's in the later levels. It's but, in the, and, you haven't got there yet. Uh, it says here, what makes you want to keep at it? That's a good thing. For me, it's just, it's binge worthy and it's like, it's bite sized. You can just play like a little bit for like 10 minutes uh, when you've got, when you're waiting for the something, whatever. To me, it's the feeling it gives me, if you know what I mean. No. Oh, just binge worthiness. It feels so good to play. Yeah. And uh, when do you play? Only at night, baby. Okay. <laughs> Great. Perfect. Um, Only at night. Okay, perfect. I'm starting to think that you still have not been able to get your phone started. I I really want to play more. <laughs> yeah. Jack, I do love the game. It's very fun, and we yeah. were competing, but I have so many phone problems. Is it possible that you're f- holding your phone upside down? Tried that. Yeah. Okay. You know you can hold your phone sideways, too? Yeah. <laughs> And I tried that as well because someone I was I was on the forums. I've been in touch with the makers of Best Fiends, and I just I, this is not their fault. I can tell you this is not their fault. And the phone. game is so fun. Yeah. I'm so interested in playing. Yeah. Okay. Have you tried turning your phone on? Oh, there's a button on that usually on the side. What do you mean on? Forget it. Uh, download Best Fiends free today on the Apple App Store or Google Play. Holy shit. That's friends without the R. Best thing just lit up. Fiends. Okay. Well, this is great. Whoa. That's a lot of <laughs> notifications. <laughs> Mystery. Tanner, we got to pay the piper here. We've been leading a merry dance talking about this book, enjoying each other's company, enjoying the delightful prose of Ellen Miles, the antics of these girls we've come to know so well. But there's a bill that has come due, and that bill is to our overlord, and it is Tim Cook, and Tim Cook does need us to review this book for him. Okay. You think that's wise? I think that we have no choice. Okay. I don't like it. I don't like it. Do you like it? It's horrible. It's the most, it. it's the scariest and most intense part of my week. Um, but once Tim gets his claws into you, and Jeff, and Jeff Bezos, and uh, we do like to review these books on iBooks and also on Goodreads. Goodreads. Uh, yep. And and once you got Tim and Jeff 
breathing down your neck? Let me tell you, it's not pretty. Not pretty. They're the two most powerful men in America. Yeah. Do you know the next book is called Christie and the Mystery Train? <laughs> a train? Yeah, train. <laughs> it's like a, it's like a, what's his name? Agatha Christie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's what it is. <laughs> Ellen ran out of ideas and she was just like, uh, yeah, they're going on a train through China. <laughs> <laughs> and someone is murdered. Most foul. <laughs> Oh, I hope that's what it is. Um, we got to review this book for Tim. Okay. And I'm in. And I've I've hit four stars. Okay. And that's perfect because it is a Stacy book. book. We'll and Stacy is the worst. Yeah. Four stars. And then Tim has come out and he says, it's good. Tim is like, it's good. It's good. It feels clipped to me because there's no punctuation. It just says, right. it's good. It's good. It's good. Okay, write a review. Four stars. It's good. Here we go. Okay, let's get this right. Let's keep this tight. Oh, God, that sounds good. Um, Stacy and the fashion victim. Let's think of fashion things. Okay, so we just want to get a nice title to draw someone in. My so, passion is fashion. Mm, that's good. I love the word. Her passion mm. is crime. Okay, that's great. And that, you want that to be the title? Yep. Her passion is all caps for crime or just crime? All caps. All caps. Great. And now we're in the review. And we should say who we mean by her. Harmony Sky. Although. Well, so oh, wait. That's put... giving it away. That's a spoiler. Spoiler. The perpetrator in this book. The fashion perpetrator in this book. Mm-hmm. Is... The one whose passion is crime. Is the one whose, that's perfect, because it calls back to the title, whose passion is crime. The fashion perpetrator in this review. Great. In this review. Is Jack Shepard with his docked tea, which he's converted into a um, tank. Is converted into a. And then tank. this isn't ascending tricola, so. And the fashion perpetrator mm-hmm. at. In. So here's what I'm wondering. Society. Should we should be pandering and we should say the fashion perpetrator at Apple was Steve Jobs, rest in peace with his. Oh, black. that's pretty good. Do you think that. And then Tim would be like. I think he, Tim would he like was that. Bad at, at fashion. It's risky. Right? Okay, so we can say that. Okay, I'm I'm open to that. Or the fashion perpetrator in society is the current fashion. Is the friends for, we make along the way? Well, I was thinking that we could get political and say like the current fashion for like always looking at your phones. And Remind not, me at the very beginning of the sentence how we started the the fashion perpetrator in this book is the one. Who's and then let's stop crime. there. Yeah, scintillating novel. Oh, thank you for catching that. That's great. Okay, so what do you want? How do you want to end this? Do you want to end this with Steve Jobs, or do you want to end this with like the fashion? We, we can end it with Steve Jobs. Let's end it with Steve Jobs, and then let's make a social point, and I'll, I'll make it. Okay, and you can come along with me. The fashion perpetrator at Apple is Steve. Was 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 Steve Jobs with his endless black turtlenecks. Blech, and maybe I'm say. Blech. Blech, turtlenecks. And then maybe Winky. Blech, turtlenecks. 
Looking Look. at you, Tim. Right, Tim? Look, right, so, Tim. Yep, right, Tim? Right, Tim, and do you want an Question emoji? Question mark, winky? Winky, okay. No, 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 not winky. That's not the right attitude. Upside down, smiley face. Upside down, smiley face, yep. Because that, that's, that you can always, there's, there's plausible deniability with an upside down, smiley face. Yep. Upside so we've down. got scintillating novel out of the way. We've got the tricola out of the way. I want to talk about, like, the, like, we're all fashion victims now. We're victims of the fashion for playing violent video games. We're victims of the fashion for uh, texting too much. We're right. victims. We're of, all we're all stars in the dope show. Am I right, yeah. Marilyn? What do you think? Do you think that's too much? I think it's good. Th- this book, this, scint- oh, this scintillating novel, scintillating double scintillating novels. Novel reminds us that we're all fashion. Victims in this day and age. Yes. We are victims of the fashion for... What do you like? What's something that you feel victimized by? Te- teens? Teens just saying whatever they like? Teens I hate that. Teens okay. don't talk to me. Okay. What do I feel victimized by? When... Does Jamie do anything that bothers you? You know what I don't like? What? Taxes, am I right? Okay, the fashion for taxes? Is that... Taxation? Without representation? No, I'm resen- I am I have representatives. Oh, okay, you don't live in D.C., I guess. Shout out to my D.C. folks. Taxation without representation. So it's on the license plate. You know that. Okay. Fashion for... So, not taxes. Teens. No, I don't like paying... I, I just don't have... I have no... I have zero interaction with teens. I don't know why you think I'm always interacting with teens. Okay, what about people who are always texting? I have no problem with that. Okay, what about... Um, How about the friends we made along the way? So we're victims of the fashion for the friends we made along the way? That doesn't make any sense. I don't know. I'm just falling back on old standbys. You put me on the spot. I don't know what I'm victimized by. I pay taxes and I don't like it. Okay. This insulating novel. I understand the need for it. Don't think I'm saying like I don't want to pay taxes. I'm gladly pay taxes. I okay. contributing to schools and roads and firefighters and welfare and all this stuff. Okay. This scintillating novel reminds us that we're all fashion victims in this day and age. That what, doesn't two, mean that no, no, no. doesn't. I think okay. we had a good tricola there. We're okay. fashion victims too. Teens, taxes, yeah. and the friends we made along the way. Okay. Two teens. We're fashion victims. I like the repetition of that. We're fashion victims to taxes. And we're fashion victims to the friends we made along the way and who stabbed us in the back. How about victims to the friends we've made and lost along the way? I want to say we're victims to the fashion for... Do you see? We're victims to the fashion for teens. For we're victims to the fashion on teens this week. (laughs) (laughs) To the fashion hang up on teens for taxes. Yeah, and we're victims to the fashion for friends we made along the way. Friends we made and lost along the way. For friends we made and lost. Okay, great. Uh, But while this scintillating novel is an important reminder that fashion is not a victimless crime. Good. 
it is also a testament. When I get lost in a sentence, I, I tend to fall back on a testament. That's good. That's, That's a, a useful, good thing to That's fall back a, on. That's a useful tip to anyone. Yeah. <laughs> if you get lost in a long sentence, you, you can fi- find test, reach for testament, yeah. and you can't you can't stray too far. I say, from I say, in the Lord's homage. light, an homage. Yeah. It is also a pastiche a testament to the harsh truth that I feel like you're doing a lot of heavy lifting this week. While it might be fashionable. Remember earlier you said, I'm, I'm no good at improv, is what you said. <laughs> is that how I said it? Yeah. While it might be fashionable, it is never a good idea to smoke cigarettes. Okay, and now we're getting to the real meat of the issue. One yeah. of us here is a smoker, the other one is <laughs> no. not. No, the meat, of, I thought, the meat of the issue is that there's a B-plot in this book. Jack, you, so okay. Baby Nation, yeah, look. Riddle Babies, Jack historically has done smoking in his life, and right. I am notoriously a non-smoker. Yeah. Um, so but, this is something that kind of, it's a point of tension between us. Right. Uh, yeah, and you've grasped onto the wrong thing that I need you to fill in. Yeah. I really need you to come with me. Or at least agree with me or acknowledge that a large portion of this book that we haven't talked about in any way yet is about smoking. Um, is it? <laughs> it's not even though. There's so oh, much- the B plot, the entire B plot. <laughs> I literally <laughs> forgot about the entire B plot until just now. Okay. The entire B plot is that the Dewitt Barrett kids yeah. uh, see that uh, what's his face Dewitt is smoking and. They decide to try smoking, and Abby catches them and makes them commit to never smoking again. And then Christy has another great idea and does the Great American Smoke Out. Um, and actually, that can I interrupt the review real quick just to say mm-hmm. that Christy kind of indirectly applies that implies that Stony Brook is not in America, right? Um, I wish Daddy would quit cigars," said Karen. "I mean, I bet if he could go a little while without one, he'd see that the, he didn't really need them at all." Uh, like the Great American Smokeout," said Christie, musing. "The what?" asked David Michael. "It's this day planned by a group called the American Lung Association," explained Christie. "They had an assembly about it at school last year. What they do is ask all smokers all around the country not to uh, to promise not to smoke for one whole day. Why isn't there a Great Stony Brook Smokeout?" Karen asked. Oh, interesting. So Karen sort of indirectly implies that. Stony Brook is not in America and that it is a country by the law of parallel construction. Right. Oh, that's interesting. So that's something we should probably keep an eye on. Uh, But yes, there's a whole B-plot around. And I've I've written that. Yes, that's right. The entire B-plot of this book is that the DeWitt Barrett kids see Mr. DeWitt smoking and go on a crusade to end it. Please don't smoke. So I would say here, I would say here, mm-hmm. take it from me, a lifelong smoker <laughs> who okay. regrets every cigarette he's ever had. Please don't smoke. Please. Been a yeah. while since we hit smoke. Jack the smoker. Right. Yeah. No, I love it. And I do love it. And it's <laughs> been too, I would say that it's been too long. Um, okay. Great. Is there anything else you want to hit about this novel or do you feel like we, um, oh, we should say that, um, we would have given this scintillating novel five stars had it been any other babysitter. But while it may not be fashionable, 
That's good. To say so, we both feel as if we were victims of Stacy this week. Yep. Anything else you'd like to say? Like okay. Daniel Day-Lewis's character in Lincoln. In Lincoln. Mm-hmm. Uh, to, sorry, to quote Daniel Day-Lewis's character in Lincoln, I should say, right? In the fashion movie Lincoln. We really should have investigated this movie, The Phantom Thread, because there's a character called Alma. Oh, really? And it's about fashion. That's weird. To keep my sour heart from choking, to break a curse, a house that does not change is a dead house. And that's actually very close to a actual Lincoln quote. I think about like a house divided. Okay. I hope this made sense. Who Lots you of love. Me? You're saying that's me? To the um, people reading this review. Lots okay. of love. Jack Shepard and Tanner. P.S. We loved this one. Yep. Can I read this back to you? I would. Okay. Four stars. My passion is fashion. Her passion is crime. Okay, that's the, great. It's such a great start. The fashion perpetrator in the scintillating novel is the one whose passion is crime. I'm going to say this. Okay. Title. Yep. Stacy's passion is fashion. Okay. I don't think we need to introduce me and you as characters in this. Stacy's passion is fashion. And now it says Stacy's passion is fashion. Her passion is crime. So that doesn't make a lot of sense. <laughs> No, it doesn't. So should we go back to my? Stacy's passion is fashion. My passion is crime. That doesn't make any sense either. Yeah. So what I'm going to say is my passion is fashion. Her passion is crime. I would say her passion (laughs) is fashion. Her passion is crime. And I guess it'll just leave it up to the reader to figure out which her is who. Okay, great. And that's going to make a ton of sense for folks. Her passion is fashion. Her passion is crime. And I would say like, her passion okay. is fashion. And then the second one, her, H, yeah, capital H-E-R. Okay. Okay. That makes doesn't help it at all. Yeah. Her passion is fashion. Her passion is crime. Yes. Great. Okay. You're happy with that? Mm-hmm. Okay. The fashion perpetrator in the scintillating novel is the one whose passion is crime. The fashion perpetrator in this review is Jack Shepard with his docked T which he's converted into a tank. And the fashion perpetrator at Apple was Steve Jobs with his endless black turtlenecks. Black turtlenecks. Right, Tim? Upside down smiley face. This scintillating novel reminds us that we are all fashion victims in this day and age. We're victims to the fashion for teens. We're victims to the fashion for taxes. And we're victims to the fashion for friends we made and lost along the way. That's good. But while the scintillating novel... Yeah, it is, isn't it? But while this scintillating novel is an important reminder that fashion is not a victimless crime, it is also a testament to the harsh truth that while it might be fashionable, it is never a good idea to smoke cigarettes. Yes, that's right. The entire B-plot of this book is that the DeWitt Barrett kids see Mr. DeWitt smoking and go on a crusade to end it. Take it from me, a lifelong smoker who regrets every cigarette he's ever had. Please don't smoke. We would have given this scintillating... Okay. Stop there. Yeah. Please don't smoke tobacco. Tobacco. Great. Okay. And, and then I'm a, maybe and, like a... And a winky. And I would do like maybe a leaf emoji and a winky. Okay, great. Um, and I've done like a leaf emoji. Because uh, this podcast is 420 friends. Can I do this one that's called leafy greens? Yes. Okay. <laughs> it's just uh, a bowl of salad. 
It looks like a lettuce. But it's called leafy greens and then a winky. Okay. Yeah. And I'm going to come to that. And um, after should we review. say the podcast is 420 friendly? Okay. I'll say this podcast is. Podcast is for. Do you do a. You just say 420. No, you just say 420. Yeah. Okay. We would have given this scintillating novel five stars had it been any other babysitter, but while it may not be fashionable to say so, we both feel as if we were victims of Stacy this week. Mm-hmm. To quote Daniel Day-Lewis's incredibly fashionable character in the fashion movie, Lincoln, to keep my sour heart from choking, to break a curse, a house that does not change is a dead house. I hope this made sense. Lots of You see why I put that in there now? No, not really. <laughs> okay. Lots of love. Jack Shepard and Tanner Greenring. What if I ended every like sentence I said with? Hope that made sense. It would be useful. Lots of love, Jack Shepard and Tanner Greenring. P.S. We love this. Love this one. Yeah. Happy with that? Love it. Love, it. love okay. this one. Okay. This review. I've hit submit. Um. Okay. So since we now we hit... take a break, right? No. No. <laughs> I feel like I need a break after that review. <laughs> Um, but since we hit this topic a little bit in the review, I feel like I would like to talk about it a little bit more. The B plot, I, Ellen gets on some this real anti-smoking thing, which I don't know. Whatever, everybody smokes in this. The crime teens smoke. The, mo- the crime models smoke. Watson smokes. He never smoked before, but now he smokes. He's, he smokes cigars. Mr. Dewitt smokes. And then Christy is great. I, Christy's not really in this that much. This is a novel. It's like mostly Stacy, and then the B plot is kind of shoehorned in. It's a very internal novel. And the B plot is that Christy decides that everyone needs to stop smoking. And she heard about this thing where like on one day, everyone who's a smoker just tries not to smoke for that day. And so she puts flyers all around Stony Brook announcing the great Stony Brook smoke out. (laughs) Yeah. I assume that it's on 420. Yeah. And everybody's into it. Christy's I went to like, school in Boulder, Colorado, and we had a great American smoke out yeah. every April 20th. And everyone would go to the quad and they would turn on the sprinklers to try to keep us all from smoking, but we but, would smoke anyway. And everybody would just like not smoke cigarettes that day. We would not smoke any cigarettes <laughs> that day. Yeah. I just. I just found it really sweet. Like, the, like Christy is even like, oh, I'm surprised at how well this is working. Everybody's super excited about these <laughs> flyers that I'm passing out. Like, hey, tell all your friends about the great Stony Brook smoke out. <laughs> People are, like, coming in from out of town. <laughs> They're, like, coming down from Vermont. Even Aunt Cecilia is like, oh, I'm, I'm interested in this. <laughs> I'm going to go check my petunias, <laughs> which is her cover. Yeah. For going uh, to smoke a cigarette. Good. Yeah, all. Great American Smokeout, yeah. not in a Great Stony Brook uh, Smokeout is not in, in America. Yeah, and um, Stony Brook's not, and no, and this is an important piece of lore, and we've we have glossed it over, and I think that Anne and Pete and Ellen, and the entity, and Nola and Suzanne have all kind of glossed over it as well. Uh, Stony Brook is not in America, and Stony Brook is a country. QED, right? Yeah, I'm looking at my notes now, and I'm realizing yeah. that there's a lot of sort of like. Um, how do I say this? Weed, just weed. I, I'd re- I'd rather not. There's sort of a lot of be that uh, four twenty friendly metaphors okay. in this book. That's great. Yeah, especially around a lot of the stuff Stacy was saying about fashion. Yeah. So Stacy um, is at Bel Air's and she sees kind of the fall lineup right. that's coming in, and she uh-huh. says, 
Just seeing a brown tweed skirt can make me think of the crisp fall days and new notebooks and the smell of burning leaves. Uh, okay. And so I see you're okay. coded. Yeah, I know what that is. Yeah. yeah. And then her mom says, do you like this jacket, Stacy? Uh, do you like this jacket, Stacy? Her mom said, holding out a blazer. Oh, that's funny. And then in a smoky blue knit. Okay. And then Stacy says, legalize it. Yeah, and she says legalize it. So there's yeah. a lot of weed stuff in this one. <laughs> there is. Yeah. And I think, what book is it? No, it's not book 420. I thought maybe there was a chance. <laughs> you thought there was a chance that this was the 420th yeah. mystery that we read? It's not. It's not. <laughs> That's a problem with the death march. Yeah. Um. <laughs> the other problem with the death march is you start to, f- you, you really hone in on things. Can I read this note to you? Yeah, please. Just as I wolfed down the last bite of cereal, my mom glanced at her watch. Whoa, she said. Time to go. She threw back her last gulp of coffee while I put my bowl in the sink. Then she grabbed her That's another weed reference. And that's and then she, so she did do she finished smoking her weed and she put the bowl in the sink. Then she grabbed her pocketbook and I grabbed my mini backpack and we flew out the door. Is Stacy tiny? <laughs> Mini backpack. Yeah, why else would you have a mini backpack? Why do you backpack? have to specify that it's a mini backpack unless you're like a tiny... Like Stacy's like a uh, the borrower. Thumbelina. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or like a Stuart Little. Right. I think she might be tiny. She must be. Why else would you have a mini backpack? Unless it's the... Maybe it's the drugs that just sort of make her feel that way. Oh, it's like an Alice, Alice in Wonderland type yes, of thing? Yes, exactly. She's, she, it was an opium bowl that she <laughs> <laughs> she likes she thinks she's picking up like a backpack with her like finger and thumb and her mom's just like what are you doing like slowly and carefully like picking up her bag she's like oh my god look how big this backpack is <laughs> her mom's like stacy get in the car uh, i'm taking you to rehab while we're talking about things you hone in on i found a profound and troubling message to me and you from Ellen in this novel. Okay. And I would like to read it to you. And it was very scary. As we death march our way to the end of these mysteries and to the end of these books, here's what Ellen fucking Miles wrote in this book. It was Tuesday afternoon, and while I was dealing with the fashion show's sabotage, Christy was enjoying the sun while she babysat for her younger siblings and step-siblings. They were all hanging out in the huge Thomas Brewer yard. Christy was lying in the fresh new grass under the apple tree, which happened to be in bloom, feeling, she told me later, as if the spring day had been made just for her. Birds were chirping, bees were buzzing, lilacs were scenting the soft air. Sounds like a Dylan Thomas poem, first one. And Ellen is telling us to listen to the buzzing of these bees, to lie in a field, and wait birds. for the fucking birds yep. to take us. Yep. And it's rude to say it's, that to someone before they're ready. Uh, I think we have expressed nothing but readiness. Yeah, no, that's true. For this. She's telling she, us it's going to be she's, okay. She's not telling us. She's warning us. She's saying, she's preparing us. She's mm. saying, boys. Writing is on the wall for these dang books. Yeah, and for you. I'm contracted to write another six of these or whatever. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, then they're going to uh, bring Jeannie Betancourt to, to fucking finish it out. Yep. And and so you better get your affairs in order. Yeah, yeah. Find a nice, nice soft spot to lay in. That's very scary. You want to hear something else that's fucking scary? Is it your burn? No. Okay. <laughs> what is you ready? it? Ready? Yes. Listen to this. You ready? Are you sure you're ready? Yes. It's very scary. You ready? I'm ready. Okay. Don't say anything warn you. I peek through the crack between the door and the frame. So this is when Stacy is like staking out the bathroom to see who perpetrated, who's like writing scary messages on the mirrors. And lipstick. Yep. I peek through the crack between the door and the frame, careful not to move or make any sound at all. It was hard to see, but there was definitely someone standing in front of the mirror. I was holding my breath, and I'm sure my friends were holding theirs too. Then I heard this little sound, just a tiny snick. Okay, it was Wolverine. And I bit my lip. Was that the sound I was waiting for? And it was Wolverine. It was Wolverine. Yeah. And that, if so, if if it turns out that Wolverine was the guy doing it the whole time, yeah, you do not want to cross Wolverine. No, he will end. That's it. a mystery you don't want to solve. No, no. Do you remember when the Civil War happened in the Marvel Universe and? Because um, they wouldn't sign the Wakanda. What's his face blew anything? up Stamford, Connecticut. Literally blew up yes. Stamford, Connecticut. Yeah, 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 yeah. And yes. Wolverine's whole plot line in that entire thing. So everyone was like, "We're all gonna fight and do like battles against each other, and it's gonna be Captain America versus Iron Man. We're all gonna right. take sides." And Wolverine the whole time, Marvel's literally most popular character, was like, I have no part of this. Yeah. My whole thing is solving the mystery of why Stanford, Connecticut blew up. Right. And he went on a one-man solo mission, detective. It's a lot like a mystery. Is that true? Yeah. And it, and then, and at some point, he ended up in a, the bathroom of a modeling contest? Yeah. Wow. Because he like followed the trail from Stanford to Stony Brook. Yeah. And thought he'd like found the perpetrator and was trying to like flush them out, but he just passed through this novel. Yep. Snick, snicked, and snick is, is what he says when his uh, yep. his, Saturday his night calls come out. Oh, taunt! Okay. Thou art sick. Yeah, a very good burn that stings you so right a knife that doth turn. It gets in your head, but oh, so soon it will cause me to have to. Call the burnt unit. I just did that from memory. Very good. Yeah. And it is our bird of the week. And it's where we talk about uh, the burns in this book. There weren't a lot. It was a desert. It was a, it's a desert. A scorched desert of burns this week. Yeah. And I had to. I read the entire book and I had to do a tactic I don't like falling back on, which is searching the text for laughed <laughs> or joked. Oh, that's brutal. I must admit that as much as her huge appetite for gossip bugged me, it did come in handy that day. Koki had made it her priority to find out everything that there was to know about the important people in that room. Oh, Koki's in this one, but she's not really. They just yeah. put her in it. She doesn't do it. She's anything. like a fellow model. Yeah. And by the end of the meeting, she'd made sure to fill me in on everything. I almost missed her at rundown, though, because I had started our conversation by insulting her accidentally. What are you doing here, I asked. I was simply surprised to see her. What's that supposed to mean? That I'm not pretty enough to be a model, Koki said, glaring. No, I. that's not what I meant, I exclaimed, blushing. And that's that's it. That's, that's it. it! That's the deepest burn. I that's it! Yeah. It's, it's a barren desert of burns this week. Wow. Did you find something better? 
I found something better on Koki. Okay. Tell me. Claudia was just going to tell me about a new suspect, I said. Who? Marianne asked eagerly, forgetting about the notebook. His name's Dylan Trueheart, said Claudia. Why did that name ring a bell? He's some kind of agent, she continued. Then I remembered. He's the guy who discovered Koki, I said. Claudia gave a little snort. Figures, she said. From what I hear, he's desperate for clients. Maybe he's trying to make the other models look bad, so Koki, his client, looks good in comparison. <laughs> I rolled my eyes. If he thinks anything he does could make Koki into a supermodel, he's seriously out to lunch. Yeah, it's uh, the Baron Desert of Burns this week. I've got one more. Okay, and this is a burn on Roger. These are Beller. like what you're. So what we're doing now, yeah. little babies, is we're desperate, dehydrated, clawing our way through the desert, and yeah. what we're finding are these like little sh- pockets. It's like you find a cactus and there's like a little bit of like moisture in it, but like when you tip it up, like you can't even get it in your mouth. Right. You like pour it out and it de- it like fizzles out in the hot sun before it even hits your tongue. Okay. Well, I th- why don't you tell that to Roger Belair? Okay. Because I spent all my time watching Mister Studio Girl. Mister, what's going on? I'm trying to read it. It's in Jesse's fucking handwriting. Okay. No, I don't read that shit. <laughs> I spent all my time watching Mr. I'm the Boss's Son, and I can tell you one thing for sure. He may not be our prime suspect, but he's definitely a prime jerk. Okay. <laughs> and so we, we pull the shrub out of the desert, <laughs> and, and it's we crack into its roots, and we suck on the roots <laughs> to get a little bit of moisture out of it. Because it's full, it's full of, it's, he's a prime jerk. Yeah, he's a prime jerk. Tanner! Speaking of Jesse. Okay. The device of this week's chapter two mm-hmm. was that it's bring your daughter to work day so stacy in introducing all the characters says what everyone's mom's job is oh yeah and it gives us a little bit of mom watch because we we discover the jobs of some of these moms who maybe we previously didn't know Great. notably mm. jesse ramsey's oh yeah what does what does mrs ramsey do jesse's mom is in advertising Ah, great. And that's Mom Watch. And this has been Mom Watch, (laughs) and you thought that it was Slim Pickens with the burns, and then we gave you a juicy little nugget right at the end there. Jesse's mom is in in advertising, and we will leave you with that tasty little morsel because it's time to go and to leave. Okay. I would like to thank you, Tanner, for bearing with me. I would like to thank the Riddle Babies for bearing with us. I would like to encourage you to check out our Patreon page. Have a look. Me? Not you, the listeners. I'm already a subscriber. The listeners, you're not. You just use my account. No, I use my account. Do you? Does that mean that I'm getting five dollars a mo- some half of five dollars a month from you? You're getting half of five dollars a month from me. I use my own account. That's great for me to, to know. Yeah, and I do like to know that. Um, but for just five dollars a month, you get a whole new show. Patreon.com slash BSCC podcast. Uh, check it out. We have a whole new show, and we sing the descriptions. It's about the little sister books. Jack did a very good song. Yeah. Well, I guess it was a couple weeks ago. Now, it, well, it, when everyone, this comes out, it'll have been a couple weeks ago. But. Everyone lost their dang minds over it, and he did Snow's Informer, and he did it all about a. Little sister book called Karen Snow Day, and so it's very difficult. Want yeah. you to go and spend five dollars? I don't know 
what will. Yeah, and Snow, if you're listening to this, uh, hit us up. up. You can be on the show. I just spent a lot of time on Wikipedia today trying to figure out whether Snow did do the crime that he sings about. You texted me last week pretty blown away that Snow had the song of the summer. What the fuck is that? He's back. billion views. Yeah, he's back. He's back. He's bigger than ever. Yeah. Informer doesn't have a billion listens, that's for sure. No, it doesn't. But this new song that's called Con Calma. Yeah, you liked it, though. It's good. I liked it because I like Informer. Right. Um, that's not what we're here for. What we're here for is to say, please do buy our merch. It's at bit.ly slash bscc merch and rate and review our show on apple podcasts this week we read a book called i don't know and next week we're gonna see so okay so i don't know why no it's not helpful it would have been if you had if you had taken the reins there that would christy and the orient express yeah this week we read a novel that was called stacy and the fashion victim next week we're reading a novel called christy and the mystery train right I have been Jack Shepard this week. My name is Tanner Greenring. And please do remember to round off the quarters in your bedroom, drown all your dolls, call your center, and demand your right to bear time, and do not forget to let Daddy love you as much as I do. Remember the Delaney's, remember the trip man, take your dream horse through that maze. Claudia's wearing a bra now. And the way she talks, you would think that boys had boys just, had just been, been in bed. Someone is just like really very into having their hands dry tonight. Yeah. Someone de- wants their hands to be desperately dry tonight here in the co-working space. Oh, okay. They're just drying their hands. Yeah. Okay. Maybe it's Lady Macbeth. It's like a modern Lady Macbeth. <laughs> I thought it was alone here. <laughs> it is almost 10 p.m. It's a, it's a ghost of a modern creepro Lady Macbeth. It's just like frantically drying her hands. <laughs> That was a HeadGum Podcast. <laughs>